Hey, Soma family, this is Michael, and this is Soma's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with others. It's our vision as a church to help as many people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This podcast is really just a vehicle to further that vision. We're in a series as a church called Pray First, and we're in a season called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We always fast and pray at the beginning of the year to stir our faith and our affection for the things of God. We know God's going to move powerfully over this next month, and we want to invite you to join us for 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting from Monday, January 8th through Sunday, January 28th. We hope this message encourages you, and we hope you take away some application to grow in your own life of prayer. Enjoy the message. If you just feel like, man, God's, you, you feel like your prayer life has leveled up, you feel like you're just learning some things and you're growing in your prayer life, God's speaking to you in new ways, we just lift your hand in the room. I'm not trying to obligate you. Legitimately, if that's you, would just lift your hand in the room to stir the faith of people in here. Yeah, so like it's a thing where God's, God's still speaking, and that's what we want to talk about today. So uh, this has been our theme verse for this series in Pray First, but it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So what is God's will for our life? That we would pray first, that we would pray continually, that we would be in communion with him, that we continue to have a conversation. He made you for it. He made you for a relationship with him, and he desires to meet with us through prayer. And so we talked about really four experiences of prayer or four aspects of our prayer life. We talked about talking to God. That was week one. Last week, we talked about talking with God, and we explained the difference between those two. This week, we're talking about listening to God. Next week, we're talking about being with God. And so talking to God looked a lot like, hey, these are the prayers that I learned as a child, or here is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, and people are giving us some language to put to prayer, like, how do I, what do I say? How do I hold my hands? What do I do? And, and so people begin to just learn how to converse with God, but it's primarily talking at him, and then we move from that to talking with him, which looks like we begin to get more vulnerable. So no longer is it a recited prayer or maybe, uh, you know, that same exact prayer that we say around mealtime or bedtime or whatever. But we're moving to a space where we begin to just tell God what we're the areas of hurt in our life or frustration or fear or doubt or the areas that we petition. We begin to ask him for things. We're better at that in general. And but but intercede for other people in our life. And so we talked about talking with God. And today I want to talk about listening to God. And, and so this is John 10, uh, is where we're going to be, verses 1 through 10. And I would encourage you today to take notes, not on what I say primarily, but what God says in his word. So when I reference, for example, 1 Thessalonians 5, writing down that address, go and spend some time on, on it yourself. Or John 10, we're going to be in verses 1 through 10. I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you today, and we'll talk it down. But let's read it. It says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, They'll run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And Jesus used this as a figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. 
Verse 7, therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep and all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they have it to the full. So listening and responding to God is the most important part of your life. Being able to discern God's voice and respond to it is everything. Matter of fact, the moment that you came to faith in Christ, the moment you surrendered your life to Jesus was the moment that you heard God speak to you. The moment that you decide to lay down whatever, whatever that temptation, struggle, brokenness in your life, and it could be, it could be habitual sin, or it could be just something that you just, the Holy Spirit, there was a check in your spirit like, hey, don't say that, don't do that, don't think that, don't go there. Like, we're, we're done with that season. That moment that you decided to move on from whatever that was, was the moment that God spoke to you. And so when it comes to freedom, when it comes to purpose, so it's like prayerfully, man, do I take this job? Do I go this direction? Do we move here? What is, am, am I pursuing the right things? Is this what I'm supposed to be pursuing? All of that speaks to God speaking to you and you being able to discern the voice of God and by way the, the will of God for your life. There's nothing more important for the follower of Jesus. And so, um, and so but many of us, we have baggage in this area of listening to God and then doing what God's told us to do because there's people who have abused it. So there's people who have heard from God, maybe in your background, and it could be attached to a church or a ministry or it could be attached to whatever, um, but they kind of led people in a direction that was unhealthy or unbiblical or it just wasn't, it wasn't of God and it wasn't apparent until after that house of cards crumbled. And, or maybe there's someone in your life that you know they just are making unwise decisions, but they keep telling you, God told me to do this. They play the God card. I don't know if anybody's ever played the God card and you're like, okay, well, you know, well, you know, of course, well, you know, but they're like, hey, God told me to do this. And, um, and really what, what it is, is just a, a veiled attempt at self-justification. That's what that is a lot of times. And, and you know it when everything kind of, it gets broken and, you know, on the other side of God told me to do this. Like God, you know, if people, there's, a, there's examples of people who are like, hey, you know, God told me to leave my wife and go and be with this mistress. And, you know, God didn't, I don't think God said that. You know, that, that was a spirit. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not, there's plenty of examples. And I'm not picking on just that one thing. There's plenty of examples in our lives where we try and self-justify behavior. And it could be, it, you, pick, you pick the poison. Like, it could be anything where we're just trying to gratify uh, ourselves in it. And, and so listening to God, hearing from God, and being like, is that you, Lord? You know, it's, it's a hard thing for us to be able to grow in, but it's so important in the life of the believer. And Jesus says it's foundational. In this passage in John 10, if you look at verse 2 and 3, it says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And Jesus is talking about who he is in relationship to who we are. And he says the defining characteristic of a sheep is the act of listening to the shepherd's voice. AKA the defining characteristic of the follower of me is being able to listen to my direction. And I love it because it says the good shepherd uh, that he actually calls them by name. This doesn't call just a group of sheep. He calls you by name. 
And, and it's that moment again where you know God's speaking to me. Like God's speaking to us as the body. He has a lot to say about his bride, about his church, and there's a lot of directives that hit everybody. But also God will just tailor that message for what you need. He'll call you by name. And then go on in verse 4. He says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And uh, I don't know if you know much about sheep. Uh, I don't know if you're really into like sheep videos on YouTube or whatever, if you have like a background in shepherding or, but, but sheep will learn and discern like the one thing that they're good at. They're not good much is learning is hearing. That's what they're good at. And they learn the shepherd's voice to the point that there's two flocks of sheep, two shepherds that can cross paths and, and there's a call that a shepherd will have, and then the sheep go, okay, cool, that, that's, that's mine. And they'll go in that direction wherever the voice is. But it's, like a, it's, it's not something that they're born with. It's something that they learn to do. That's the encouraging part is uh, they, they know his voice, but it's a learning curve to listening to the voice of God. And I just think that's such an encouragement because you might be new to it where you're new to the faith or new to church or new to a space like this, and for the very first time you're listening. It's not that God hadn't been speaking. You're just listening. And God begins to speak to you, and you're like, that's different. And then for the mature follower or the mature believer, someone who's had that intimate relationship with God, he's been speaking regularly, all of a sudden you can discern the voice over the, a period of time. Because look at verse 5. It says, it says uh, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And so it's primarily about a relationship that the sheep have with a shepherd. And so this is the Christian life, not just a belief system or habits based on practice. And it could be some of that. But following Jesus is about a relationship where we can be with God. And it's unlike, it's unlike any other relationship, but it's also like other relationships in that you got to spend time with him and you got to communicate and you got to listen. And the more you do it, the more you discern his voice. You know, the people who are closest to you, you spend the most time with that you talk with the most, when they call you on the phone, it's your mom, it's your best friend, it's your spouse, it's whoever. When they call you on the phone, what do you do? There's a familiarity. They don't have to say hardly anything in order for you to be like, oh, that's it. And you, you don't have to like greet one another. Like, hey, Brooke, this is Michael. Like, it would be so weird if we call the people who are closest to us in our lives and we just do like the formal salutation on the front end of the phone. Everybody would be like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you know, and so we get to a place in intimacy with God where we know we just can discern his voice. And that's what Jesus is talking about in John 10. That's God's desire for us. But this idea of prayer as listening to God doesn't begin uh, with Jesus. And so it doesn't begin with Jesus shows up on the scene. Uh, but it's always been in the heart of God and all throughout scripture. And the greatest example, of the old Testament would be like Deuteronomy six is a great passage of scripture. Um, Deuteronomy six is a prayer that, uh, the people of God would have prayed in the old Testament. They would have prayed three times a day. Jesus would have prayed this prayer as a Jew three times a day. If you've watched, how many of y'all watch the chosen? Anybody watch the chosen? Okay. A little mini series on the life of Jesus. Really good. But, but there's a lot with, they always are praying this prayer in the chosen. And it's because it didn't matter if it was Pharisee or a disciple of Jesus. Whatever. If you were Jewish, you prayed this prayer. It's called the Shema. It's this in Deuteronomy six, four through five. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. 
And so this prayer is called the Shema. And that basically just means that word is, is in reference to the phrase, hear, O Israel. And that word hear means to obey. It means to heed. It means to listen. Not um, you can hear what someone says, but you're actually, you're receiving what someone says with the intent to do something about what someone says. So when God is saying, hear, O Israel, he's saying, it's like if you have kids, right? If you have kids and you're trying to get something through to your children and you're like, look at me, look at me in my eyes. And you're like, listen, right? And could you can tell they're not listening. And they could even, sometimes they can even repeat back. You're like, repeat back what I said. And they repeat, and you're like, you still weren't listening. Like, cause you know, they didn't download it and they don't really desire to do anything with it. They heard you, but they're not listening. It's like, listen. And Deuteronomy six, four through five is God looking at his children and saying, listen, listen to me. And then he gives us what Jesus says is the greatest instruction, the greatest commandment in all of Scripture. When he's asked in the New Testament, hey, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It comes from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 5. And all of that starts off with this imperative of hear, O Israel, hear my children, listen, my children. For Jesus to listen and obey is the most important thing in the Christian life. God speaks, you listen, and apply it. And prayer life, if prayer, if prayer life is me and you just talking at God, oh, that's lame. You know what I mean? Like, I want, like at some point, I want to hear what he has to say, and that's the whole idea. And, and some of us have a hard time, a really hard time with this idea of listening from God, applying it to our lives, and obeying. This word obedience for some of us is like, Oh, we don't like that word. We don't like the word obey because we got some baggage in that area. And we struggle with authority because we're burnt by a parent or a coach or a teacher or a pastor or a boss or whatever. And, and I, I get it. I understand. And, and the culture that we live in is way more focused on what's comfortable for you. And the idea is that you uh, determine your own destiny and you have your own truth. It's inside of you. That's garbage. But the whole idea is God saying, hey, listen, I want to lead you. I want to give you a directive, and if you actually apply it to, if you hear me and you apply it to your life, you experience more. And it feels like, man, God's judging me and God's mad at me. It's like, no, if you're his kid and you're going in a direction that's not helping you, he's like, please stop going in that direction. If you will address this, your life will be more full. As a matter of fact, it's what Jesus came for. And so, uh, and John 10 tells us that. It tells us this, that that's, that's what Jesus came for. And so in John 10, Jesus is saying a follower of Jesus is by definition someone who is listening to the voice of Jesus with the intention to obey it. Uh, how many of you, you would say, I'm not a good listener? Real talk. I'm raising my hand because I'm like, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm four of us. Excellent. This is going to be a terrible message. Like for real, how many of you are just like, I'm not a good listener. I'm just not good at listening. Okay. So I told Brooke before this message, I was like, Hey, help me, babe. I got to figure out a story that will be like, Hey, what's the story where I just wasn't listening really good. And she was like, she was like every day. She was like, pick one. Like what? And I was like, all right, that hurt, but also true. And so, and the reason why is because we're distracted because my care is too low, because I'm pulled in too many different directions. And so we're going to give some application for how we can listen better, and specifically how we can listen to the voice of God. There's nothing more important 
And in your prayer life, you need to be, you need to be waiting to hear from God and getting a direction from him. And so here's six, um, six ways that we hear from God. And I'm going to give you all six, and then we'll unpack them. Okay? The first one is Jesus. Jesus. And I'll unpack the specifics behind that. But when God had something to say to you and I, he's like, what, how can I communicate in the best way possible? And the way that he communicated was his son. And so, and then every single one after Jesus is really about Jesus. So here's the second one, scripture. So your Bible. So he communicates to us through the person of Christ and he communicates to us through scripture. And uh, so while his message is Jesus, and this is the reason why for us as a church, we say Jesus is our message because it's the message of God. And so, uh, but every single one after Jesus is really empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus leaves, he says, I'm going to send to the father and I'm going to send a helper, a comforter, an advocate. The way that God speaks to you post the, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. So God, you, he speaks through his word, but the way that it comes alive for you is through the Holy Spirit speaking through. But the Bible and scripture, here's the third one, circumstances. And so God will say, hey, what does scripture have to say about the person of Jesus and what does that mean for my life? He'll also take circumstances in your life and, and say, okay, what does this circumstance have to do with who you're becoming in Christ? And then the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you in circumstances. Here's the fourth one, desire. So what do my desires have to say about who I'm becoming in Christ? The fifth one, the prophetic or prophecy. Some of y'all squirming. Here's the sixth one, listening prayer. And then we'll unpack each of these. So I'm going to start off with Jesus. Okay? Here's Jesus. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus is God's message to you and to me. And if you're going to experience who God is, you need to get to know Jesus. And so um, that, is the, that is the primary way that God speaks. And every other way that God speaks is really through Jesus and about Jesus as it relates to our life. And so hearing God's voice begins and ends with Jesus. And reading your Bible, for example, reading your Bible isn't so much about reading your Bible as it is getting to know Jesus. So if you make your reading your Bible just about reading your Bible and not the relationship of getting to know who Christ is, it, it doesn't hit the same. Prayer. Prayer is not just about prayer. Prayer is not an end in and of itself. Prayer is about talking to Jesus. Worship. Worship isn't just be like, cool, I did it. We worship. Worship is about worshiping Jesus. Take anything in the Christian life. All of it is about this relationship with God by way of Jesus. And so it's not about the discipline or the box to check or, okay, cool, I've done my religious activity and duty. It is about what did I learn about Jesus and what does that mean for me and, and what are its implications for my life. Prayer isn't just about uh, prayer. It's about listening and hearing from Jesus. And so um, the way that God speaks to us about Jesus 
And he does this through the Holy Spirit. The first one is scripture. So God's already spoken. He's already said a lot of things. And some of us are like, God, speak to me. And he's like, uh, you know, so like spend some time with the things that he's already said. Not that the Holy Spirit can't give you new directive or application for what he's already said, but he's already said a lot of things. And a lot of us are just kind of flying blind, trying to operate the Christian life without applying what God's already said to our lives. So spending some time in his word, the Bible. And we believe that the Bible is the message of God to everybody. It's not, it's not the message of God to a few. It's not the message of God. It's the message of God to the world uh, is scripture. And the word is authoritative. It's inspired by God. It's completely sufficient. Whatever it is that you're going through, God has a word for you in scripture. And some of the Bible is quoting God directly, such as the Ten Commandments or Sermon on the Mount. Like anytime Jesus speaks in the New Testament and he's quoted, anytime God speaks in the, the Old Testament and he's quoted, that's an example of where God is quoted directly, but a huge chunk of scripture, like a, a, a huge chunk of scripture is God speaking through the minds and the imaginations and the written narrative of human writers. But all of the Bible is inspired by God and is used to help you and edify you and encourage you and bring you to a place where you experience, you become more like Jesus. And so God speaks and then by faith, we receive what God says. Like, that's how you have to receive what God says, is by faith. And then a whole nother level is um, not just believing the things that, like, believing that Jesus is who he says he is, because Jesus himself said, you know, even the demons believe that. But he's like, no, I'm saying uh, put your full weight, your full life, your full trust on the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, so it's one thing to like mentally assent to the idea of the gospel or the good news of who Jesus is or the idea of God or, you know, some of the things that scripture says. It's a whole nother thing for me to submit and surrender my agenda, my life, my time, my everything and, and put my weight on it. That's what faith looks like. And God will speak to us through scripture. And when we reject the teachings of scripture, we reject and rebel against what God is trying to say to us. This is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, and he's talking about the New Testament teaching on sexuality. And here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 8. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. And so he's saying, hey, if God speaks to you through his word, like you know what God, is, what God means, like, hey, I know what this means for my life, but then you choose to not apply it. He's saying you're not rejecting one another you're rejecting God and so it's a really big deal and reading the Bible is essential to hearing God and it comes alive when you don't just read the Bible but when you let it read you so I'm saying do Bible study all day long because some of you like I want to le learn more about the Bible I want to learn more about scripture awesome yes and amen learn about it read it all but if your primary practice is always only just learning more facts about Scripture, it doesn't hit the same as reading a passage of Scripture and then asking God, God, what does this passage of Scripture mean for me? So if I'm reading a passage of Scripture on unforgiveness and you ask God that question, the Holy Spirit will speak through his word and God will say, he will just put somebody in your mind. He will just be like, what about this person? And what about this person? It's like, all right, calm down. You know, so it's like he will speak through, he'll speak through his word and he'll give you direction for what he wants you to follow up on. And so, 
Man, his word is alive and it's active and it speaks to our situation. And so the first way that God speaks to us is Jesus. And uh, as he's talking to us about Jesus, the primary way that he does that is through scripture, through the Bible. And some of us just kind of stop there. Because we're like, cool, I love Jesus. I love the Bible. All right. After that, it gets a little weird. Like, I'm good right there. Okay? Like, if we just stay right there, it'd be great. Uh, But, um, you know, the idea of somebody coming and giving us a word or signs and wonders or things, anything outside of our comfort zone, depending on the tradition and the way that you grew up in, um, we stiff arm a little bit. But God speaks through other ways. And so, um, and so here's some other ways that God speaks circumstances. The idea is that where you grew up, who your family is, what you've gone through, the good, the bad, the ugly, God can use all of that to speak to you and he will. And, and, uh, this is where the church will debate, um, because there's some people in the church who debate, the, the hey what level like what does the sovereignty of God look like um, some will give weight over to God's will God is completely sovereign and over everything that ever happens he's just over it and then others will give more weight to human free will or opposition or demonic rebellion against God's will but everybody's in agreement that at least some of the circumstances of our lives are the shepherd's voice coming to us and leading us and guiding us And so people ask me the question all the time, hey, what is your take on God's sovereignty? Is God completely sovereign? Do we have a decision to make? Like, what does that look like? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he's completely sovereign. Also, we have a responsibility in like taking what we know to be true and applying it to our lives. And so it's not an either or. As a matter of fact, it makes God more sovereign, if you think about it, for him to like, for him to allow for us to make a decision and in following him and trusting him and giving him over to more of ourself. And so what does it look like? What does it look like? What are these circumstances when the shepherd's voice comes to us and leads us? What does it look like? It can look like opportunities that you may have. So if you think about for some of you, like, do I take this job or not take this job? God, is this what you want for my life? Do I go to this school or do I go to this school? Do I date this person? Do I not date this person? Do I marry this person? Do I not marry the opportunities that we have limitations that we may have? So it can be, it can be um, some kind of physical limitation, be something that you've had from birth. It could be, the, and God can use that, your brokenness, your suffering, your pain, e- even, even some of the sinful things, some of the brokenness in our life. God can leverage every bit of that and speak to us through that. Giftings that we have, closed doors, man, I really wanted to have this opportunity and I just got stiff armed and God will speak to you in that moment. Relationships, our context, all of this can be God telling us something. And so uh, I know people, I know people who have moved to Hickory and I can speak to, there's at least four who've had this conversation with me. They moved to Hickory and they're like, we moved to Hickory. We don't know anybody. We don't know why we're here. And, but it's like, it's like God was, they'd come and be a part of our church family and God would get on them. And then they have a realization that God has a purpose for them being here. And so the circumstances, and God's often in our circumstances, and he'll use these to draw us closer and speak to us through the things that are happening in our lives to remind us what he wants for us. And learning to discern what God is saying uh, through what's happening to you is a huge part of discerning God's will and hearing his voice for your life. And so circumstances, here's another one, desires. This one's a little hairy, but desires. Uh, the the 
The problem with desires is you and I have good desires and we have bad desires. We have desires that would align with the heart of God and we have desires that are just not that great. And, uh, and the postmodern approach to desires is, man, you do you, right? You got your own truth and you run at whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you feel good. And that's kind of the idea when it comes to desires. The assumption is that all forms of external authority like scripture or God or Jesus or you know, someone who, who is, who's communicating the truth of God's word, all of that is oppressive and that you should only listen to your inward voice to guide you to happiness. And to everyone who lives that way, I would ask the question, how's that working? And I already know the answer. Like, I don't even, it's rhetorical. I already know the answer. And so desires, uh, is, it's a big deal. And the writers of scripture have a far more complex view of desire. Jeremiah alone, I'm gonna give you an example. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Your, your uh, translation may say is desperately wicked. The heart is desperately wicked. Now, fast forward to chapter 31. Jeremiah, same author, he says that God will write his will on our hearts. Which is it? Is the heart deceitful or does God write his will on our hearts? Yes. The answer is yes. And because sometimes I want the things that God wants for me. And sometimes I want the things that are going to hurt me or going to hurt the people around me. And so uh, the heart is full of light and shadow. It's complex. Our hearts are full of beauty and ugliness. And, and some of our desires, if they're left unchecked, they lead us to death. And other desires that we have are God at work in our heart. Philippians 3 puts it this way. We're supposed to will and act according to his good pleasure. But because of sin and because of brokenness, our desires are a mixed bag. And sometimes you're wanting the things that God wants, and sometimes you're wanting the things that oppose his will. And so the thought is, when I have a desire, is that God or is that me? Is that my parents? Is that my friends? Is that the algorithm? Like what, like, is it, they got me, you know what I mean? I'm buying stuff, I don't even, you know, like what is it with, with desires? And we have to test our desires. We also have to test our circumstances against what God has already said in Jesus through his word. And so that's the second one. The third one is prophecy, dreams, and visions. So God will speak through prophecy, dreams, and visions. And there's some people who think that, man, God, had, God spoke a long time ago. And he had some really good people write down the things that he had to say, and he hasn't spoken since. Except if you follow Jesus any length of time, you know that he still speaks. And so um, it could be a little bit scary because of, you know, something that you saw on TV or something that you saw on social media or something. This idea of prophecy, dreams, and visions. But it's so biblical that God still speaks in these, way, these ways. He has words for us. And he'll speak to us through one another and through the mystery of the Spirit of God. Prophecy is not primarily predicting the future or pronouncing judgment. Here's what prophecy is. It's strengthening, encouraging, and comforting others. If you get a word from God, it's primarily going to be about strengthening, encouraging, and comforting others into more of what God has for them. That's what that feels like. If you've never had that moment, that's what it feels like. Uh, I'm here today 
because someone, I was 22, 23, it was a lady in our church family, the small church that I grew up in, most broken season of my life, kind of a train wreck, really depressed, like just, just floating, just kind of floating. And God spoke to her in her quiet time. She was praying. God spoke to her. We didn't know each other. Never had a conversation. So awkward. Walks across the lobby in this, in this church that I grew up in. Never had this moment before. She walks up to me. She was like, hey, I was praying the other day. God spoke to me, and he just wanted me to tell you he's going to do great things through you. And I was like, ah, cool. You know, like I, you know, I, and I didn't have any context. And, and she was like, no, I'm telling you, he's going to do great things through you. Now, that's such a generic word. Like, that's just like, man, God loves you. You know what I mean? Like, but it hit me so, it was exactly what I needed to hear. And God spoke through this woman, wrecked me. Like, I started reading my Bible again. That's when Francis Chan came out with Crazy Love, wrecked Crazy Love. I was like, yeah, Lord, send me. I'll be a missionary. You know, I'm like, I was ready to, like, I was going all in because God wanted to do great things through me. And God used her to speak directly to my situation. That's what that means. She encouraged she strengthened. She drew me closer to God. It took her two minutes to wreck my life. I'm here today because she walked across the lobby of, of this church space. And so be careful, uh, you know, listening and receiving and giving words of encouragement, prophetic words. Uh, Brooke and I, and that's an old story. I got a new one. Like this past year, Brooke and I were with, um, we were with, uh, you know, some covering and a mentor and a, and a pastor in our life. And we're sitting with him because we're just trying to get better at what we're not good at. And we're not good at so many things. And we're like, hey, God's moving in such a powerful way. So many people are coming to faith in Christ. So many people are leaning in. Please help us not run this in the ground. You've been doing this longer than us. So, you know, people speaking into the life of what we're doing as a church. I'm taking notes. I'm asking all the questions. And I'm real practical. I'm just like, cool. What kind of, you know, what kind of toilet paper do you get? Like, what, like I want to know all the things, everything that you could possibly think of. And, uh, and we're having this real practical conversation. All of a sudden, a guy comes up to the door, knocks on the door. Chris lights up, and he's like, there's Jim. And he lights up, goes give him a big hug. I'm like, who's Jim? And he's like, hey, you got a word for them? And he says, yeah. And we were like, what is happening? So we're sitting there. He walks over and just sits down right across from us. And, and PC looks at me. He's like, hey, you're going to want to record this? And I'm like. I don't have, like, I have a light phone. I don't have it. And so, and so he, it, <laughs> Brooke didn't even know how to use hers. He's like, here, I'll record it. So he puts it on a recording, and we sit down. And this guy who has this gift to encourage, to strengthen, like, God will speak to him in prayer life. And then he comes and sits down to us, doesn't know us from anybody, and then just begins to speak encouraging things over us, and then tells us stuff that nobody could know about us and our situation, stuff from like our childhood. We had never felt more seen by God in that moment. We were bawling. We we're a hot mess. He finishes the session. He's like, all right, love you guys. Bye. And he just like leaves. And we're like, ah, we're like, what, you know, what is my life? But God spoke to us in that moment. It was a moment for us. And the moment wasn't about anything other than his desire to strengthen, encourage, and comfort us in that moment. And it's so, it's so powerful. So people who are uh, afraid of the prophetic, like depend, again, depending on how you grew up and the tradition you grew up in. Um, maybe you didn't lean in the, into this as much, but, but you just, man, I know God's speaking to me. You might say something like, I was praying for you and I had this thought. Or I feel like I'm supposed to share this scripture with you. Like you have this, uh, this com the, it's compelling. Like you have to share this within this individual. Man, this is God telling you to go and give a word to somebody, but however you want to frame it. But God also speaks through dreams and visions. 
so prophecy, but also through dreams and visions. I have a friend uh, who owns this nonprofit organization, and one of his team members, somebody on staff, um, grew up in the South Sudan and was Muslim. And wasn't just Muslim, but he was jihadist. Like he was, he was militant Muslim, and he was about wiping people out. And so he literally, him and the group of people that he was with, would actively persecute, kill Christians. And he, ha- he was getting ready to go burn a church one day. And the day before they had set to go burn this church, God gave him a dream, and he saw Jesus, and Jesus spoke to him, and it messed him up in the best way possible. And he ended up coming to faith in Christ. He had to leave his family. He had to leave where he grew up. He had to abdicate everything that he had known in order to follow Jesus, but God spoke to him in this powerful way. And God will work in this way. Now, again, you got to flesh every bit of this through what has God already said about his son through his word. And so uh, the question is, how do I know whether or not my circumstances or my desires or prophecy or hearing somebody else in prayer as God speaking versus something I ate? You know what I mean? Mushroom was a little off, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or this is a crazy person. I don't really, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if they're a prophet or if they're insane or a combo or I'm not sure what's happening. And here's what 1 John 4, 1 says. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Don't believe everything. If somebody comes to you and is like, here's what the Lord says. Don't believe, like, you got to flesh all that out. What are the filters by which, uh, how, do, how do we filter that? And here's some practical ways we can filter that. First, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with what God's already said? Because again, uh, God has already spoken. And the same Holy Spirit who's going to give somebody a prophetic word or going to work through your circumstances or your desires is the same Holy Spirit who authored the text that you hold. And it's, God's consistent. He's not going to undermine himself. And so God's not going to give you a directive in Scripture and then undermine himself uh, through a word from somebody. So does it line up with what God's already said in the Bible? Here's the next one. I love this one. Will it make me more like Jesus? If I, if I apply this word, will it make me more like Christ? If I take this opportunity, if I step into this relationship... If I go this direction, if I say yes, if I'm like, is this going to make me more like Jesus? That's my favorite one. Here's another one. Does God, does godly counsel agree? Am I operating in a silo, in isolation? And again, you need godly counsel in your life. You need people who are walking alongside of you, who are becoming like Jesus, just like you are. This is the reason why we have small groups. And this is the reason why we have dream team. This is the reason why our span of care and our coverage and the people who are really running at the things of God, really doing things in in a community are those people. And Brooke and I will get people who come to us all the time who are on our team, who ask us questions about what about this? And there's people who, who, who go to group leaders, hey, I'm having this issue, I'm having this problem, I'm having this going on in my life, but you need somebody. And we do the same thing. There's people in our lives that we're just like, I just gave you a story earlier of one, but people that we go to, we're like, we don't, what is this? Like, help us navigate this prayerfully, and you need some godly counsel. Uh, and here's the last one, do I have peace? Do I have like a supernatural peace? So what's so cool about this one is it does, it's not subject to what you're going through. Because it could be really hard what you're going through. 
And then God will just give you over to a place of peace. Why? Because you've heard from him. You've listened. You applied it. You trust him. He gives you over to a place of peace. And so we can't just ride off of emotion. But we have to grow in our discernment when it comes to hearing God speak. And when it comes to circumstances or desires or prophecy, we have to filter all of that through what God has already said. And here's the last one. This is listening prayer. Listening prayer. And so this one's pretty simple. You spend time with God and you still yourself. Be still and know that I am God. Just be still. Limit distractions. Like find a quiet place. Find a time. Find a space to get alone and in front of God. And again, if you attach it to scripture, it'll, it'll hit even harder. Let the Bible read you. If you're struggling to hear from God, just read a passage of scripture. Ask God to speak through his word. But you could do it, you could do it just in prayer alone and just learning to quiet your mind, limit distractions, turn down the noise from the outside and even your noise from the inside. Because sometimes it's super quiet on the outside, but like I can get distracted, you know? Like I can start talking to God and then about five minutes in, I'm just talking to myself. I'm like, what am I doing? And so, you know, like turn down the noise on the inside and just say, God, speak. And so what does that look like? Um, how do we hear God and how do we listen to him when it comes to prayer? The first thing is we got to talk to him every day again, because the, the, the frequency being able to tune in to hear God has a lot to do with the amount of conversations that we're having, the amount of time spent. And, and at one point, sometime in your relationship, you're going to pick the phone up and he's not even going to have to introduce himself. You're just going to be like, it's the Lord on the other line. And like, he doesn't, he, I, I know your voice. And, and, and you become more of who it is that he wants you to become because the sheep know the good shepherd's voice. But you have to build a discipline where you're spending time with him. And it's not even about you doing a thing. It's just about you getting to know him more. Because some of us are so focused on, yeah, but I got to do a thing. He's like, no, he just wants to spend time with you. He just wants to talk to you. And so, and then limit the distractions that we have. Some of us in 21 days of prayer and fasting, what you're going to notice is there's things in your life that you were doing before 21 days of prayer and fasting that you've asked yourself this question, do I even need to return to these things after 21 days of prayer and fasting? At least in the same way that they were there before. Like, why? I mean, why? and so, so there's certain things that are just distracting, that are noisy, that are just pulling you away from more that God has for you. And it's not that they're bad things, they're just not God things. And it's like, hey, I would much rather have what he wants for me. And so tune out distractions and things that would, would oppose listening and hearing from God, and then take a step towards what God has already told you. If you want to hear from God, some of us we're, we're frustrated because we haven't heard from God in a specific area, but he's already given you a word and you haven't applied what he's already asked you to apply. And it's like, well, I don't really want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. And he's like, cool, do this. And we'll talk about this. Isn't that funny? We won't break through in a certain area, but he's already speaking to us on an area that's inconsistent with who it is. He wants us to become in Christ. And we're like, yeah, but ah, let's talk about this. He's like, we'll talk about this. Let's deal with this. And so take what we learned today and, and, and begin to just think, man, how can I tune in? How can I listen? How can I hear from God? And again, all of it points back to Jesus. All of it's about Jesus. All of it's through Jesus. And it's a reminder of who we're becoming in Christ. And then filter every bit of what you hear 
through what God's already said in his word, but he will speak to you. And if anything, I, I want to, I don't know if this encourages you or not, but there'll be more in our church family of people who will hear from God and then have a word for somebody and just go tell them. And it should not scare you. It's awesome when God speaks to you. But do we have ears to hear? I love that Jesus says that when he's teaching to his contemporaries and he says look, that they would have ears to hear. It's not that God's not speaking, it's that we're not listening. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, grateful that we get to gather as your church. Thank you for speaking. God, thank you that, it, it, that when you had a message to give us, that message was made manifest in Christ. Jesus, you came as the word in flesh and you walked among us and you gave your life and you picked it up again. And you have a message to every single person who's here. God, and that message is Jesus. And it's such good news. Oh, it's the best news. That we, in our tendency to wonder and be distracted and, oh man, the heart's deceitful, but also that's where, that's where, where you write your will. And how do we make sense of this? by focusing on Jesus. God, would you give us over to more of what you want us to experience, God, more of you, less of our brokenness and our sin and our predispositions to struggle more of Jesus. But help us to hear and help us to have ears to hear. God, help us to have the faith to apply what you've already said. If you're here and you struggle with the idea of hearing or listening to God historically, because it's just like, we don't have a relationship and I do religious things, but I just, if I'm being really honest, I don't talk to God. He doesn't talk back. I haven't been listening. But today, just God met you. And through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he just revealed the person of Jesus to you. You need to know that you are loved, that you are pursued, that Christ died for you. And that you can, you can spend an eternity with God by way of Jesus. But you can also experience all that Jesus paid for, the fulfillment uh, of all that God wants for you, the full life that God wants for you right now because of Jesus. But the Bible tells us that we have to surrender our life to him and, and not just agree with the idea of him, but surrender our life to him and make him savior and Lord of our life. And you're here right now because God was speaking to you and he was speaking to you through other people in your life. It could be family, friends, it could be coworkers, through his word, whatever it is that got you in the room, but it's a moment where you just finally see Jesus for who he is and you decide, I'm going all in. I want a real relationship with Jesus. I want salvation. I want to surrender my life to him. The Bible tells us to confess him as Lord. So right where you're at, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you, if you're ready to begin that relationship with Christ, to hear from him, would you just lift your hand in the room and just say, I need that. I'm ready to experience salvation in Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. And if that's you, just lift your hand. Just say, I need it. Jesus, I need you. Amen. Is there anybody else? Pray, just ask, God, speak to me. Is this for me? Is this what I need? Awesome. Right where you're at, if that's you. If you lift your hand, if you didn't lift your hand, and you know you need Jesus, you feel far from him, just say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for loving me. God, thank you for giving your life for mine. Thank you for taking my sins, past, present, and future. God, thank you for saving me, for redeeming my life, and God speaking to me. Would you speak to me through your word and by your spirit moving forward? 
God, would you lord over my life and lead me? I want to become all that you desire for me to become. Help me to have ears to hear, Lord. Same thing for your church. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. Church family, can we celebrate anybody who gave their life to Jesus, surrendered their life to him? Can we stand to our feet? Come on, let's close in worship. Let's sing to Jesus as we leave.